Hello, and welcome back to the House Call podcast. I am your host, Dr. Peter Diadamo, and my special guest today is Dr. Jenny Godo, who, um, in addition to being an extraordinarily promising student of mine at the Center of Excellence in Generative Medicine, is my partner in the development of a telemedicine initiative that we call House Call. And uh, that's what this podcast will focus on, essentially. It's uh, titled The Promise of Telemedicine. And uh, I guess a few words about the gap between the last two episodes, which were done in 2018, and this particular episode, which is uh, airing at the very end of 2019. Uh, quite frankly, I had forgotten that we had ever done those podcasts, and someone had fa- posted episodes on Facebook and uh, essentially uh, got me interested in doing them again, uh, especially since the response to the two episodes, one on secretor status and the other one on lectins, was so uh, positive and had so many shares on social media. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce my co-host for this episode, Dr. Jenny Kodo. Good morning. Jenny, basically one of the things that uh, drives the notion behind house call, uh, at least for me, was uh, the desire to get back into face-to-face medicine. And for people who don't know what the history was up until we created this entity, I was teaching for the last, I don't know, maybe seven years at the University of Bridgeport and doing shifts uh, that involved having, working with uh, residents uh, and also with student clinicians. And under those environment conditions, it's very difficult to get really face-to-face with people because you're bringing so many other people into the equation. And responsibilities are really for the people who are there to do the learning. When the Center of Excellence came to its conclusion when the contract with the University of Bridgeport ended, I had a choice of essentially getting out of medicine or finding some way of wanting to stay in medicine in a way that appealed to me from the perspective of uh, enjoyment and challenge. And Jen was... uh, one of the bright students at the Center of Excellence, and we had this opportunity to work together. It's been very, very interesting because we sort of have to write the the script as we go along. I mean, telemedicine now is very new. Um, there's uh, lots of challenges with regard to technology. I mean, we, we always have people who can't seem to get themselves up on the video screen or technologically challenged, and uh, we spend a lot of time with that. What do you think, Jen, in terms of basically the, uh, the concept in terms of uh, technology? People are better, but they're still struggling with uh, getting the thing up on the screen. It certainly is a, a roadblock that we run into fairly frequently. But, you know, as soon as we get that small little initial step sorted out, I think the benefits really outweigh the, um, you know, the difficulties that we run into. We actually work together on every case. So, for instance, when we're doing a, a consult uh, at, in, in the house call environment, you know, I'll be on the screen and Dr. Jenny will be on the screen and, and the client. So there's a lot of interaction that goes on. And probably the greatest benefit is the immediacy and the intimacy that's there. I think really with people, who's not more comfortable conversing in their kitchen or in their living room? I mean, there's such a... a, a an aspect of alienation. I mean, there's a reason people's blood pressures go up in doctor's offices. Absolutely, and you can tell that people are just much more relaxed and they're much more comfortable. 
they're not stressed from having to you know travel uh, you know whether that's locally or from a different country you know they're in their own environment which is just a much more conducive way to be able to be open and honest and learn about somebody and also too I mean there's the savings one, one of the things that we discovered early on especially after I became known for writing the eat right books and and the blood type diet work was that people were seeking us out from all over the world so even when we were at the University of Bridgeport uh, there were very few people who were coming in locally from Connecticut most of these people would come in from it could be anything from Indiana to uh, Malaysia to Hong Kong to Germany <clears throat> and these people basically really had to factor in a whole lot of other expenses besides the time they were going to spend with us. I mean, there was airfare and there's car service and hotel rooms and meals. And all of that has nothing to do essentially with what they really wanted to get, which was to have the direct one-to-one -one contact with people uh, that were able to give them the kind of care that they couldn't get locally. And I think this is really going to make a big difference going forward. I think, I think the world is ready for this type of interaction. And again, I think the only thing that people would say is, you know, does, does somebody miss out on the personal touch? You know, there's that idea that the physical contact. Um, but I mean, I, I know from my own personal background that uh, very few situations in my clinical career have required me to physically provide a diagnosis as a result of some kind of physical contact. Yes, we train in that and we have skills in that and we can provide primary care services, but the type of person who seeks us out, and you might agree with this, Jen, is, is that these are people who come in already with three and a half inch long uh, thick folders, of, and they know exactly what they have. There's no reason to have to figure out what's wrong with them. They're there because somebody told them that there's nothing that can be done, and they're here to find out if we can do something. So the diagnostic burden isn't as great in a, in a practice like house call as it might be in another uh, circumstance where like an emergency room where you, you literally had to size somebody up physically with physical medicine, physical examination. Everything else translates into data, which is what people supply all the time. So for instance, we have a, a very extensive uh, medical records uh, platform that we use, which has a very robust portal. And so as part of getting people ready for the, 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 um, the consult, uh, Dr. Jen will work with them in terms of getting um, lab results and, and record releases and getting that all put together. So by the time we're actually getting ready to get into that initial consultation, we've, we've essentially worked up the person quite well. Matter of fact, uh, I like to think that we do a more comprehensive job of being prepared for that interaction than most of the other places where I've had to go in and observe what was going on either as a client myself or, or uh, as somebody who's going with somebody who's getting medical services. Yeah, I would absolutely agree with that. And, and I think you would think that you lose some of the intimacy with it being online and a virtual consultation, but I, I've actually found that the opposite is true. And, you know, especially compared to the COE where there were students and residents and people coming in and out of the rooms and everybody's trying to do a different job, you actually get a lot more personal attention and it's much more intimate because you have 60 minutes of just face-to-face -face time one-on-one -on -one with Dr. Diodama, which is something that just really wasn't possible at the COE. And we do do you know extensive work up before the visit actually happens. And so like Dr. Diodama said, you know, we 
really have a good sense going into the visit of what's going on. So we're not really spending that time, you know, starting from ground zero and gathering all the information. We have the bulk of the data that we already need and we spend that time clarifying questions that we have and working out nuances and things like that. So we really do get a lot more in depth than I think we were able to do at the COE. The reach is so much better and and it's 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 interesting to for the listener to realize that you know we do have this amazingly intimate conversation that takes place in uh, um, video conferencing, and then after that, subsequently, uh, we go on to the whiteboard and start working out essentially what it is that's going to represent our approach, and much of that actually comes with tools that have been developed in the course of my work in bioinformatics through the Center of Excellence that give us capabilities uh, that we possess at a distance that most people wouldn't even have in in the environment that would be uh, in their town or in their uh, locale. Uh, And these are things that just constitute um, unique aspects of the approach that we use here at House Call. And some of that actually gets into words that make people sometimes uncomfortable, such as uh, artificial intelligence and algorithms, but these are really just tools to allow us to make better predictions. And for instance, one of the things we do, which I think should be done almost as a general rule of practice for the for the practice of medicine, good medicine, we check for drug-nutrient interactions. One of the most important things that we do as part of the whole house call workup is use what are called predictive analytics. And these are software tools, most of which have been developed for house call or come out of my work at the Center of Excellence that are in the realm of what are called bioinformatics, which is the application of information technology to medicine. And sometimes you use words that can make people uncomfortable, such as artificial intelligence or algorithms. Uh, But these are really just ways of being able to make predictive type conclusions from the data. And some of these are actually so significant and so powerful that sometimes you're just left wondering why aren't these part of the day-to-day practice of medicine in all places. For example, we use a tool that we've developed basically that allows us to input drugs and foods and vitamins and herbs, supplements, together into a network analysis that allows us to see essentially the capabilities or the potential for for adverse reactions between any of these players. And there are uh, essentially many, many uh, herbs and and, uh, vitamins that interfere with the metabolic processing of pharmaceuticals uh, and vice versa. There are certain pharmaceuticals that interact in an adverse way with herbs and vitamins. And this is all just basically good data. We're going to find those particular places where they cause uh, issues and then being able to redesign a protocol to minimize those, those risks for those adverse effects. We use AI to do laboratory diagnosis based upon putting in lab values and then giving us insights as to the potential list of possible diagnoses that should be part of uh, the workup to, in, in terms of ruling out certain things that is, again, just good medicine, but it's really this type of AI hasn't found its way into private practice yet. So there are lots of tools that we use that are just part of the approach to the patient. And then we've got a variety of what I would consider to be extra special tools, which are going to be the precision medicine tools. I don't know, Jen, maybe you want to spend a moment talking about Opus or 
um, the genomic part of the whole thing, and then I'll handle microbiome. Absolutely. Just going back to the drug-nutrient interaction software that we use. So we look at this in just kind of a, a general way. You know, if you had a perfectly functioning system, we look at how drugs and nutrients would interact with each other. And using the precision medicine, we're actually able to add a layer of sophistication to that by superimposing a person's individual genetic tendencies. So looking at the way that an individual would detox drugs and nutrients and supplements. And then we can sort of use that to to determine the significance of these interactions. So that just allows us to be much more sophisticated and much more personalized um, with the way that we look at things. And when we talk about our nutrigenomic analysis in general, um, we're talking about a piece of software that Dr. Diodamo wrote called Opus 23. And so we take raw data, raw genetic data, and upload it to the software. And what's really cool about Opus is that it doesn't look at genes in a singular manner. So it doesn't look at, you know, you have this genetic SNP and that produces this particular effect on your physiology. Because things really just aren't that simple. So what Opus does is it looks at the genes in networks. So it looks at how not just one gene will determine an outcome of something, but how one gene will determine the outcome of another gene and how the interaction between all of the different genes are going to produce a larger outcome. So it just allows us to be, um, again, much more sophisticated with the way that we look at things and we're not looking at things in a linear manner. So we look at maps of genes and what is most likely to occur due to all of these genetic mutations and then we are also able to determine how we can affect the outcomes of those genes. So depending on what the gene does, you know, a an interruption to that um, genetic process may result in, in an upregulation of that gene or it may result in a downregulation of that gene. And so then we can look at the different ways that we influence that based on what we would like the outcome to be. So we can kind of use this in, in a couple different ways. So we, a lot of times, have patients who come to us and they have a diagnosis already or maybe they have a very complicated thing going on and we can look at the genetic data and we can reverse engineer how they likely ended up in this position so where the system broke to allow this this particular um, pathology to have developed and then you know go back and, and fix that so to correct the pathology and then the other way that we can use that is to kind of look at, th at this in more of a predictive sense where we say, okay, we see that there are these breaks in the system and due to these, you are most likely to encounter these health issues down the road. So let's do something about that now to prevent you from ending up there. And Jen, in addition to the genomics, we have uh, the capacity to take snapshots of the, what's called microbiome which is the uh, population of bacteria that comprise the internal environment of the body in the GI tract. And these are called commensals. And we use a program that's actually a part of the Opus software called Utopia to do analytics uh, based upon microbiome analysis that's provided by services uh, such as Thrive. And that information basically then gets put into the software and integrated with regard to the genomics, but also too, can also drive other therapeutic considerations as well. So for instance, we might look at the genomics and come to the conclusion that the person has a genetic uh, gluten issue with terms of autoimmunity, and then 
look at the microbiome and come to the conclusion that there's an imbalance of bacteria that's also predisposing to gluten-related problems. And so it isn't even just so simply that we would address an issue from one particular dimension or another, but the idea of integrating them in such a way so that we arrive at the highest value series of possible solutions, the highest value protocol, the selection of the best agents. The uh, best way to do that is to use the information technology that's in these software tools, basically because it gives us the, the biggest bang for the buck, but also, again, we can cross-reference these things to make sure that these also have, in addition to being the most effective, they have the greatest chance of also being the safest and, and, and the most, uh, most humane. We have other software that we use that can take shots of what's called your metabolome, which is a kind of a snapshot of the way that your body metabolizes and energy production, sugar metabolism. We also run good old-fashioned lab tests like people normally get, such as their glucose and their white blood count and things, if that seems to be required. And sometimes it is. Sometimes we'll, we'll have an interaction with the patient and say, well, why didn't your doctor test this? And I say, well, we don't know. And I'll say, well, okay, we'll kick you out of a lab request and you go ahead and get that done. Or go back to your doctor and ask them to run that test for you. So the nature of house call really is based in what's called P4 medicine. And P4 medicine is the four Ps, predict, prevent, personalize, and participate. And Dr. Jen did a good job of going through the idea of prediction, which is a little bit futuristic in the sense that, you know, we, we don't always know with 100% certainty that something that looks like it might happen will happen. However, to anticipate a potential problem and to just reorganize certain things in order to minimize the risk of that is doable and actually actionable with consequential benefit. Prevention is really the idea of actually analyzing a specific risk factor and making sure that that risk factor is, is mediated. Uh, so both of those are kind of caught up in the same kind of futuristic thinking. But personalized is the one that's on everybody's lips nowadays. Although I guess I could go back maybe almost three decades with eat right figure type and thinking in terms of personalizing even based upon a very simple gene like blood type. But nowadays, with the huge amount of data we can get from services of genetic data like 23andMe or microbiome data, we are actually swimming in data, and without the use of these advanced analytics, we would have no way of being able to make anything but the crudest assessments of what to do with all this. But what it really does is give us the opportunity to focus not necessarily on the name of the disease, but rather the particular person who has it. Because that's really quite important, because even though certain people may share a certain diagnosis, they may have gotten there through different methods or different uh, cause and effect relationships. They may have it being sustained in their body through different mechanisms, and they may require a different approach to get rid of it. So the idea of personalizing things is as part of this whole notion of this big data approach. And so it, at this point, I think we've kind of made a good case about the nature of what the promise of telemedicine can do going forward and in, into the next decade for sure. And Jen, if you could just take a little time perhaps maybe and talk to, talk to listeners through the nature of the visit in terms of essentially what they would get if they were to contact House Call, uh, where that contact could occur, and uh, essentially what it looks like in terms of what their expectations could be. 
Absolutely. So as I said before, prior to the first visit, you know, we spend a lot of time prepping the case. So we spend a lot of time gathering information, going through old labs or any medical records that are of relevance. The first visit is about an hour long, and that's just kind of gathering more data, clarifying questions that we may have, and just getting to know the patient as an individual. As Dr. Diadama said, there may be several people with the same diagnosis, but the likelihood that they ended up in the same position for the same reason is is not always the case. Um, so it's just kind of getting to know the individual better, just as a patient and, and understanding what's going on with them. So after the first visit, we'll determine what the best course of action would be. The first visit, you know, we'll probably give them a diet, we'll probably give them a supplement protocol, but we'll also decide if we want to go on then to do the genetic analysis or gut microbiome, or really what's going to serve them best and what the most valuable information for us to gather would be going forward. And also, too, I'm going to end if you're um, a pre-existing patient of ours through the Center of Excellence in my own private practice, you can migrate directly to house call with a I guess you call a catch-up visit. Right? Yeah, so you can kind of skip that first step. You know, since we've already seen you, we already know you were familiar with your medical history. You know, then we just go straight into um, continuation of care. Basically, can you tell uh, the listeners how they can get in touch with House Call? Uh, the website I know, phone call I don't know. <laughs> I know the website is uh, http www.dadamohousecall.com, and uh, phone call. Phone call, yeah, you can call us at 203-489-0506. You can also email us at clientservices at dadamohousecall.com. I'd like to just end this particular segment with uh, an acknowledgement of the, uh, the, the sheer excitement and joy I have with this project and the actual pleasure it is to work with a, a, a young uh, and upcoming physician with the skills and the uh, total uh, integration of the things that I consider best in a young physician or any physician, which is technical knowledge, but also to communication skills and uh, capacities. And so working with Dr. Jen has been really a, a joy and uh, it makes the process of showing up and doing this even that much more enjoyable. And I know many of you will will react with the two of us, uh, but I think the, the fact that basically there's a great uh, connection, biology or biochemistry between us as a, an, an older physician and a younger physician, it's kind of a nice uh, dynamic as well in terms of how we work together and what we bring to the problem solving that's, in, uh, that's involved and critical to this. So thank you, Jen. Well, thank you. You're far too kind for saying that, um, but it's, it's such a pleasure to get to work with you and to get to learn from you, and it um, you know, certainly doesn't get any better. Well, thank you for saying that. <laughs> and I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Other podcasts will be more focused on, on topical data. For instance, we'll talk about uh, more th- uh, practical things that will be part of the way we do this going forward. I'd love to have my esteemed co-host come back and spend some time with us. Uh, who, who, and, and to give us a bit of insight into her specific skill sets. Uh, Dr. Jen is actually a very advanced uh, practitioner of uh, Chinese and traditional Chinese medicine as well. In addition to being one of the few physicians I know who has an engineering degree. So anyway, thank you very much. And I, again, we'll see you next time. Nice, nice having you here, Jen. Thank it's you been for a pleasure. having me. It's been a pleasure. Okay, thank you.